Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are things at Steelers Minicamp? They are good. Today was the 8th of 10 OTAs, to be specific, not Minicamp. Minicamp starts next week. For those that don't know, Minicamp is mandatory, OTAs are not. That's basically the only thing going on. But we broadcast right there next to the field. I got got hit with the football today. I mean, such is life. (laughs) Um, So eight in the books. We got one more tomorrow, Wednesday, one more Thursday to wrap it up. So uh, good stuff. But um, Ryan, before we introduce our guest, who I'm really excited about, I would like to introduce you to a new sponsor of the show. Our new buddies at FFPC, the home of season-long, high-stakes fantasy football. It's been 10 years since the FFPC filled their first Dynasty League, and they've now grown to be the world's largest Dynasty League commissioner, with leagues starting at just $77 that go as high as five grand to enter if you so wish. FFPC leagues are active and competitive, and not a single league has ever folded. That's amazing to me. Brand new startup dynasty leagues are forming right now, starting at $77 and up. And standard Superflex, and speaking of Superflex, keep an eye out for this, this week's guest. And best ball formats. FFPC also has plenty of other great redraft formats, including best ball drafts starting at $35 all the way up to $12.50 per entry. Uh, both slow and live leagues are filling and launching daily. Check out FFPC, FFPC Experience Dynasty Blueprint listeners. You must do that. Go to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. Great stuff going on over at the FFPC for sure. Uh, Matt, I've got a little bit of housekeeping as well before we bring on our guests for the day. It's almost SFB time, almost Scott Fishbowl time. This is uh, going to be SFB nine. We're starting in uh, just about a month, and Scott is sending out those invitations now. It's it's a great time of year. Obviously, a uh, a very fun league, a fun event that Scott puts on that benefits Toys for Tots and and benefits the entire fantasy football community. We've got a chance. Matt, to give away a spot, maybe even two spots to some of our listeners. I tweeted this out earlier from the Dynasty Blueprint account. This is the way you get a chance to win a spot from our podcast into the SFB. Go to Twitter, check out that tweet from the Dino Blueprint account. Uh, Give that a retweet. Follow Matt at WilliamsonNFL. Follow myself at RyanMC23. Follow the Dino Blueprint account, obviously. Go to Apple... Uh, podcast over on iTunes, soon soon to be dead iTunes, by the way, but go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review. Uh, we'll pick one or two, maybe, maybe, maybe even more. We'll see what Scott says. Uh, but we'll, we'll pick some winners uh, to get a chance to compete against the big boys in the SFB. Matt, are you, are you playing this year? Maybe I should. I'm sitting here thinking about it because my first year I did it, I was real into it, and then... Frankly, I neglected it. I didn't put the effort in that I should have. I was spread really thin, doing a bunch of different things. I was starting a website at the time. And so I felt like I was not disgracing the product, but if I'm not going to give it my all, I shouldn't take up a spot from somebody else. But I think maybe I will jump in if there's a spot for me. Well, maybe maybe you can win our spot. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, one of our listeners is probably more deserving than me. Uh, it, it's going to be a good one, though. Matthew Barry is playing again this year. Evan Silva is playing. Lots of guys from ESPN, CBS, uh, just just every site that's out there is playing. 
Uh, I'm playing. Our guest today is playing, I'm pretty Good. sure. Uh, we are going to bring on now John Hogue from DLF. John is also uh, a podcast host of the Superflex Super Show and the FF Statistics Pod, the flagship podcast over there, uh, along with Addison. John, how's it going, man? Guys, I am doing awesome. I am uh, I'm checking items off the bucket list today because... When I first started playing Dynasty, this is the first podcast I started with, so to make it on here as a guest is just, it's its the pinnacle for me. Um, so <laughs> I really appreciate you guys having me. Well, that's, that's great to hear. We're glad to have you. Uh, John, I do, uh, for those that, that might follow the fantasy community on Twitter, I do the FF follows every spring, just try to drum up some uh, attention for deserving folks and do some different categories on there. And when I did the the Superflex category, you were the num- number one name on people's list. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you're honored, but we're honored to have you. You definitely have set yourself apart as a Superflex expert, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. I can say I'm excited about this show because I'm in a Superflex league. I've been in it for, what, two seasons now. But I don't feel like I really have a great firm hold of that format well enough. So I'm, I'm excited to learn like our listeners. Well, I did want to ask you, Matt, before, before we let John teach us all here. First of all, what took you so long to get in a super flex league? It's, it's becoming more and more popular every single year. Uh, and I know, I don't know if you were, I don't want to say reluctant, but it took you a while to, to jump in a super flex league. What, what took so long? It did. Um, again, it's kind of like the Scott Fish Bowl conversation where I was felt like I was spread thin with fantasy and it wasn't at all that I would object to the format. I just didn't want to get in any new leagues at the time. I mean, I had a hard enough time getting my lineup set and catching all the waiver wires. But frankly, I think it's the best format, to be very honest with you, the most like the NFL. I don't like that a guy like Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, whomever, that are good football players at the most important position on the field, don't have any value in fantasy that they're dime a dozen. So I like this quite a bit. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all on board. And if I were to add another league to my uh, portfolio, I'm sure it would be um, to reflect. Yeah, I, I totally agree. We're doing the uh, DLF ADP mocks right now. And those, of course, the, the typical ones are one quarterback drafts and I'm getting into the 15th, 16th, 17th round and looking at guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and mm. Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, all of these guys that could potentially be top 10 scorers, and they're still around. Uh, it, it really is depressing because they just don't carry a ton of value unless you're talking about some of these young guys. And we're going to talk about all of those guys today with John. Let's, let's get into it now. We're going to start with some rookie talk. We'll get into... Uh, some overall quarterback strategy uh, for for Superflex League soon. But let's start with the rookies. John, when you're in a Superflex rookie draft, what what would you say is your typical strategy uh, for that quarterback position? Are you you valuing quarterback above all no matter what? Are you uh, maybe taking the discount on some of the other positional players? What does a a typical Superflex rookie draft look like for you? Well, so, you know, just just to... jump ahead a little bit, I guess, because we're going to talk about overall Superflex strategy uh, in a little bit. But, you know, my my roster construction really focuses on building around quarterbacks, building around wide receivers, and uh, uh, primarily the quarterbacks, because 
the only chance that you have to get a quarterback in a Superflex dynasty is in the draft. And, you know, there's not going to be anything on waivers. So, you know, once you get through your startup draft, now your last chance is in the rookie draft. So, you know, I, I do tend to prioritize them because of that. Um, it, it My rosters typically also need some help at running back um, just because of the, you know, I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm kind of building around the the longer term assets, the quarterbacks and the wide receivers. Um, so the the running backs are definitely a priority as well. But for me, it all starts at quarterback. I'm looking for the guys who are going to start from day one. To me, I think this year we really only have two of those. I think Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins are the most likely to to be day one starters. And for that reason, I've got them ranked one two uh, for the for the rookie class in Superflex. Along those lines, when you said. Something said that really stuck with me is if, if you're going to add a starting quarterback in Superflex, it almost has to come through your rookie draft. I mean, obviously you could trade for one, but I mean, just to add somebody, you're not going to get them off waivers. So to me, this kind of resembles the NFL in that it's a riskier position to hit, you know, is if you're going to use a first round pick in the real world on a, on a quarterback, their hit rate is much lower than running backs. And I'm sure that it correlates to fantasy too, that boy, I'm going to take a risk on Daniel Jones, just like the Giants did, even though many of us didn't think he was a first-round player. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, those and those roster spots are, are definitely valuable. Um, so it, it gets a little bit tougher with the guys who we don't know for sure when they're going to take over. You know, to me, Daniel Jones has a lot more value to whoever has Eli Manning uh, because, mm-hmm. it, you know, the two of them kind of combined to make one starting NFL quarterback for 2019. So handcuffing is very important. Huh? To to me, it, it kind of is, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're when you're talking about these guys who, you know, we know the end is coming for Eli Manning. You know, we we know that whatever happens in Miami, for instance, you know, one of those guys, either Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen, comes out of there as a starter. There's no guarantee that he holds a job all year. Case Keenum could take the job in Washington, but there's no guarantee that... I mean, I don't think that he would hold it for very long at all if he does win that job from day one. So, you know, in in that regard, yeah, you're, you know, at the end of the day, what you're kind of looking for is 16 games out of a starting quarterback. So, you know, it, sometimes it takes two of those guys to accomplish that. And, uh, it, you know, if that's what it takes, then then sign me up because I don't know of another way to find a, a guy who's going to start for me every single week. John, you talked about uh, some of the specific names. Let's dive into those a little deeper. We're going to uh, go through the top rookie quarterbacks. And this is again, according to MFL rookie ADP and, and we were able to focus on Superflex league specifically. I think there were o- over 300 of them Superflex rookie drafts that have taken place uh, since the NFL draft. Kyler Murray's ADP, as as uh, we all probably would expect, is one overall. He is locked in at that at that 101 spot. But how high how high is his ceiling compared to all quarterbacks? It's it's probably not even fair to rank him and compare him to some of the other rookies. Let's let's just throw him into the into the mix. I've seen a lot of people, and and I'm close to this myself ranking him as a QB one already as a top 12 dynasty quarterback. Where do you rank Kyler Murray and 
What do you see as his ceiling and his floor over the next two or three years? So I've got him right now as a QB 15, and that's me hedging a little bit. You know, I, I, I don't I, – I think that he's got top five type upside. But, I mean, we have to keep in mind that not only is are we talking about a rookie quarterback, but we're also talking about a group of rookie wide receivers. We're talking about a rookie head coach. You know, this this system doesn't necessarily translate to the NFL. It, it very well could. This could be a very fun offense, but there's a wide range of outcomes at this point. So for that reason, I you know, I'm I'm probably gonna miss out on Kyler Murray in a lot of cases. Um, but I, I'm I'm just not willing to pay, you know, what it what it takes to get him right at the moment. Um, considering there's just there's a lot unknown there. You know, there's still a lot that needs to unfold in that offense before we can really start to project what Kyler Murray can do. John, I got a question for you, kind of from a historical standpoint. Like, last year in non-Superfix, Lex, in traditional dynasty leagues, everyone in the world took Saquon Barkley at 1-1. I mean, like, almost any year he would have came out, he would be the first pick in a rookie draft. Is Kyler Murray that kind of prospect for Superflex, like no matter what year he came out, he'd be the one one. I don't think so. I really don't. No? And, yeah, and in fact I, I think that you know in uh in twenty eighteen I think that he probably I don't think he would have been the number one quarterback, to be honest. Okay. I think he would have been something like third or fourth. Um it, it looks like we've got you know, two or three quarterbacks coming out next year. And, and I mean, you guys could actually speak to this way better than I could. I mean, Dev, you know, uh, Ryan's a Debbie guy, Matt's a scout. I mean, you guys, you guys have a, a finger on the pulse of, of what's going to happen in 2019 or 2020 far better than I do. But it looks to me like we might have, you know, at least anywhere from one to three quarterbacks coming out next year who could project higher than, uh, higher than Kyler Murray. Okay. I mean, I guess we think about it. Winston Goff came out one and two. Winston and Mariota came out one and two. There was five guys last year, and one of them was Lamar Jackson, who was last, who was a super runner, and Allen's a super runner. I, I guess he's not as transcendent of a super flex talent as I would have originally thought. Yeah, it's a great situation for sure, you know, and, and the fact that they were willing to you know, to move on from Josh Rosen one year after picking him in the top ten, I I don't I think that Steve Kime would probably acknowledge to you, maybe even Cliff Kingsbury would acknowledge to you that the the jury's still out on Josh Rosen. So the sure. the fact that they were willing to move on from him in order to get their guy, you know, quote unquote their guy in Kyler Murray, it, they've they've got high expectations for him, and they're going to make sure that this that this works out and make sure that it looks good. So. You know, it, he's he's awfully close to a can't miss prospect, but there's just there there's still some variables there that that have me a little nervous. I can see that. Hey Ryan, I've told you about Harry's before, but I got a little tidbit for you. Did you know the average dude will spend three thousand hours of his lifetime shaving? I bet you didn't know that. So instead of wasting four months of your life overpaying for poor performing razors. Get Harry's. It's a razor that's so sharp that you can shave less often, and it saves you money. It's only two bucks a blade. So, 
Join the 10 millions that have tried Harry's, including myself. I've told you guys many times I used to be an electric guy. Now I'm only Harry's, and it does save time. It's a much closer shave, and I don't shave nearly as often. And we have a special offer for you by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Harry's founders were just two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced gimmicks. They make quality, durable blades at a very fair price. Like I said, just two bucks per blade. To keep prices low, they cut out the middleman. They bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making some of their best razor blades in the world for 99 years. Now they provide great quality at factory direct prices. They have a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, which you will, let them know and they'll give you a free refund. But this is what you do. Get a trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable, wonderful shave. A weighted handle that's easy gripped. Five blade razor with lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave. Rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great. My wife loves it. And a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. So listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support our show. John, let's talk about Dwayne Haskins next. You mentioned him earlier. Kind of gave away a little... A little secret that he is your second overall uh, rookie in this class. This is a guy who, for a while, looked like he would be the clear QB one in the class before the Murray hype uh, really started building. I I like the landing spot in that he's got a clear path to a job, I think. But that supporting cast is is pretty questionable, to say the least. Uh, Even though they, they added a couple of guys, including one of his college teammates and Terry McLaurin, I'm, I've at least got a few questions about Haskins in this transition. Uh, you already said he is your second-ranked player. What what makes you so confident in him? Well, yeah, the, it's definitely not the supporting cast. Um, <laughs> you're right. That's uh, it's a little gross right at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I, you know, I, I I think that there's some room for for all of this to kind of come together, kind of grow together, which is nice. Uh, you know, I, the continuity with Terry McLaurin, that's that's a huge help. I think Kel, Kelvin Harmon falling as far as he did, uh, you know, I think that, that they've got an opportunity to kind of build some chemistry together. And in all honesty, I mean, you can only expect so much out of these rookie quarterbacks anyways. Uh, the wide receivers aren't going to do a whole lot either in, in year one. That's just kind of a basic you know, career trajectory for an NFL player. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I would definitely tell the listeners to, you know, I would caution against, um, focusing too much on what happens in 2019. And again, I would just, I, the big thing for me is the fact that he starts from day one. We know for a fact that he's going to be their, their starter there and there's not a whole lot of that certainty in this rookie class at quarterback beyond him. I mean, Daniel Jones looks like he's on pace, but you know, it's uh, the, a lot could change there. So for me, that just the fact that he's in Superflex, you just need warm bodies at quarterback. They're so hard to find, um, and so the fact that he comes in and he starts, and you can put him in at Superflex, and he gives you a you know, a chance he could score 15 to 20 points in a given week, uh, fantasy points. And, and that just, th- there's just so much value in that. That's just, and it's so scarce. It's so hard to come by 
that to me that's that's just more important than than what you can get at the other positions you know you can find running backs on waivers you can find wide receivers on waivers uh they're they're not going to be Nikhil Harry they're not going to be Josh Jacobs but you can find those guys but Dwayne Haskins is is a guy that you can't find that type of opportunity on waivers so I just put a premium on that I think that's really well said and I really like the point of don't worry so much about next year because, I mean, they might pick eighth in the draft next year and take the second wide receiver in a great wide receiver draft, and all of a sudden his supporting cast looks good and Geis is breaking out. And, I mean, it, it, they might struggle this year, but I do think that that might be a much different looking offense a year from now. My concern with Haskins is Mark Schofield called him a battleship on my Locked On NFL podcast, and I think that's what he's like, almost like a left witch. But I almost look at him and think his ceiling isn't that high because he doesn't really run. And even if he's an awesome football player, goes to Pro Bowls, wins Super Bowls, and has a Philip Rivers-like career, which anyone in the world would take is an awesome you know, success story for 12, 15 years, he's still never really in the quarterback one conversation if you're Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely fair, man. A- a battleship doesn't feel like a compliment for a quarterback, by the way. No, but- <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> Especially for fantasy, but right. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I think that that's all, uh, that's all fair. Um, the mobility is, is probably going to be a, a, a big issue for a while. Although, they, I mean, they've got the offensive line for him. You know, he's got mm-hmm. the arm talent to deliver from the pocket and uh, in, in the accuracy. The, the two big knocks are the mobility and just kind of a lack of experience. So... That to me, that's the big piece of this is just the fact that we we don't really know. We haven't seen enough of Dwayne Haskins yet to know. Uh, and then again, the supporting cast. But yeah, I, I I don't. You know, the other thing is in Superflex, we're not we don't necessarily need QB one overall type upside. Um, you know, the the top twenty five quarterbacks outscored the top thirty position players outside of quarterback in 2018 so you know we all we really need is you know the quarterback one upside gives you all the advantage that you need in super flex so um yeah i as long as he does enough to keep his job that's all i really care about to be honest with you yeah i mean i guess that's (laughs) most important you're really stressing that in this, this conversation that makes a lot of sense John, let's talk about Daniel Jones. We've mentioned him, and and everybody knows he's he's kind of been the the butt of the joke this this draft season. And from that standpoint, he reminds me a lot of Josh Allen last year. And in dynasty rookie drafts, super flex drafts, Josh Allen was sometimes falling to the second round. Daniel Jones is almost always falling to the second round. Uh, according to our data, uh, again, we had over 300 rookie drafts. The highest he was drafted in any of those was 11 overall. So uh, at, at the very high point, he's looking like a late first rounder. But again, we, we know he's going to have the starting job, probably going to have to uh, wait a year or, um, I don't know, maybe less, but we wouldn't expect him to start the 2019 season. But uh, as a as a top ten pick, he's going to start for that team, and I agree with you. In Superflex, I think that's very valuable. Are you willing to spend a late first round pick on Jones? I think so. Yeah, um, you know, it, it, again, I think that his value he has the most value for, for the Eli Manning owner. 
just because you have a seamless transition kind of from from Eli into Daniel Jones. You'll see it coming and, and be able to make that switch. But in the, in the meantime, I think that you're going to have a hard time waiting on Daniel Jones. And, you know, for that reason, I, 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 I might let him fall into the second round just because I have a feeling I'm going to be able to get him a little bit cheaper um, after he... I, I and this is kind of based on the idea that I I don't know that he starts a whole lot in in 2019. You know, this could be a Pat Mahomes type of thing where you don't see him until week 17 when you know none of us really care anymore. And at that point, he's he's super cheap. So yeah, I think that that's a good point. He's even though he's his value is already somewhat deflated. It, you you see a, a kind of a window that his value could drop even more and maybe acquire him through trade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. One note on him is every year first-round picks are drafted and then GMs and coaches say, we're going to sit him, and they never do. Like Bortles sat for two games after getting drafted and said, he's going to sit the whole year. And like Mahomes is the only one I can think of it actually happen. But the Giants are a stubborn old-school <laughs> organization. They might actually do it. Yeah. yeah, I just don't – I don't think we can – trust the Giants to make a logical decision. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we think, okay, it would make sense for, let's start Eli for the first six weeks and you're, <clears throat> you're one and one and five, two and four, whatever, and, and then let's see what Jones can do. I, I'm not sure it ever gets to that point. I just don't know that we can trust, trust them to do what makes sense. The the whole Sig Bloom, let's trust logical co- coaching might be out the window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of the yeah, and that's that's the other tough part with Daniel Jones is just that that the you know the the roster in general doesn't make a ton of sense at this point. I mean, you're kind of building around a running back with a you know running backs have a career average of three point three years, and they're trying to build that entire offense around that. You don't have an offensive line, so you draft with the sixth overall pick a quarterback who has trouble in the face of pressure. You know, you you don't have a lot at quarterback or at wide receiver right at the moment. It's it you know it, it's it's just a very nonsensical situation that at some point is going to have to get a complete reset. And I think that Daniel Jones might be a victim of that as well. All right, John, let's let's talk about the next two guys, Drew Locke. Will Greer, I feel like these are a couple, uh, a couple of players who have been uh, grouped together throughout this draft process, so we'll, we'll do that here. Uh, of course, Drew Locke drafted to the Broncos in the second round. Will Greer fell, fell to the Panthers later in the draft, and uh, I'm not sure. Dynasty owners seem to be having a hard time deciding how to value each of these. Of course, uh, Locke has Joe Flacco to contend with, uh, Will Greer is behind Cam Newton, but that we have to factor that injury in. What are your thoughts on both of these guys? Uh, so I might have to abstain a little bit on Drew Locke. Um, I'm a uh, I'm a Broncos fan, and um, so I absolutely hated that pick. It <laughs> it it really annoyed me. It, I mean, it it feels like a, trying to recreate what happened in 2012 when you signed Pey- Peyton Manning, drafted Brock Osweiler. Drew Locke to me is Brock Osweiler, so I, it, you know, as as much as I don't want to, um, it, you know, I, I don't want to be too hard on on his talent. 
I liked his talent, but I don't like the situation. I don't like the player evaluation in Denver right at the moment. And so I don't have, you know, high expectations for Drew Locke. Will Greer, uh, Will Greer to me is is more of kind of a long-term stash. Uh, I, I don't think that the idea was for him to, to fill in for Cam Newton uh, if the shoulder injury is, you know, bigger than than what we originally thought. I think if they were really worried about his shoulder, they would have brought in a veteran. And uh, and even if he does end up missing time, I think that you know some of the some of the guys that they've got, you know, Ty- Taylor uh, Hankey, Henneke, and uh, yeah. Kyle Allen. I think those are the guys who are probably more likely to see some playing time. I think Will Greer is more of a long term project for them. Yeah, that that makes sense on on both of those. Uh, Drew Locke. ADP of 19, are you drafting him at that spot, or are you just avoiding him altogether? I'm pretty much avoiding him altogether. I, I think that Joe Flacco has, you know, at least a two, maybe even three-year leash here. So, Oh, wow, yeah. okay. Hmm. Do you ever see Locke go ahead of Jones in Superflex? Yes, yeah. That happens with some regularity. It's not crazy. Well, again, Jones ADP, I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Daniel Jones ADP is 17 overall. Drew Locke is 19. So uh, I wouldn't quite call it a 50-50 split, Mm -hmm. but I've seen Locke draft ahead of Jones. Yeah, I mean, I could see some people liking him better as a prospect, period. And I don't know that Flacco's the biggest obstacle in the world to get over. Yeah. Uh, Folks, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? Time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It does sound complicated, but it's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is a platform for you to test your mettle. If you're still not sure, you can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock draft free agency auction. If you like what you see, and you will, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, John, let's get into some of the uh, the team building strategy and, and talking about some of these specific quarterbacks and how they're currently being valued, uh, along with your duties uh, at DLF. And uh, on the podcast we mentioned, you also run our monthly uh, Superflex mock drafts to collect ADP, and that's what we're going to be looking at today. Uh, tier one, no surprise here, Patrick Mahomes. He's going second overall uh, behind only Saquon Barkley. And really, even though we've, we've got a couple other first-round quarterbacks, I feel like Mahomes is in a tier uh, of his own. But we know, right, like like winter is coming. We know regression is coming with with Patrick Mahomes. Do you expect him to hang on to that that QB one spot, or is he going to fall back to the pack enough that we start to look at at some of these other guys? And John, if you have one one in a startup, do you take Mahomes or somebody else? Uh, okay, so it's a it's a tough question. Um, there's kind of a caveat here because um, for me, one hundred one is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's oh wow, he's he's been the quarterback one five times. He's been a top two quarterback seven times. 
you know, the the only time that he misses it is due to health, which includes 2018 when he also had, you know, a handful of rookie wide receivers uh, trying to work their way into the mix. So, you know, that, that consistency, 35 years old, you know, I think that we still have four or five years of Aaron Rodgers. So, I, you know, I'll take that. I'll take that level of consistency. I think that there's a floor there that that's really appealing to me, um, and I think that he's in for a pretty big year in 2019. It's probably going to push him back up, but I do recognize that right at the moment, um, you know, there's there's how I think they're going to perform, and there's how the consensus feels uh, where their value is, and I recognize that Saquon Barkley has. I ridiculous value for a running back again, you know, short career arcs, but I, I mean, I, I'm seeing trades where you can get six X value for Saquon Barkley. So I don't know how you pass that up, you know? So if I'm at one one I try and trade back so I can get Aaron Rodgers and, you know, get that massive haul in the meantime, um, because I'm holding the golden ticket. Um, but yeah, as far as Mahomes goes, I, I, I've got to think there's some regression coming. I mean, you know, I, regardless of, of the way this Tyreek Hill situation plays out, you know, there's just, I I just can't imagine another 50 touchdown season. You know, it's never been duplicated. Um, So it's only been done twice, in fact. And uh, um, there was uh, some obvious regression afterwards. So, from those two guys. So I, yeah, I, I, I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time projecting Pat Mahomes for anything close to what he did in 2018. And I think it probably drags him back into the pack a little bit. I mean, we have to think it's, it's no fun to say this because it, it was so much fun to watch that chiefs team last year, but there's a, a really good chance that last year was the best year of his entire career, you know, and that, that might be 15 years. Uh, it's not only is it going to be difficult to duplicate that in 2019, it's going to be difficult to ever duplicate that. He's, he scored the most fantasy points of any quarterback ever. And that, that's just not something you do. (laughs) Like can his stock go up? I mean, Barkley's stock could actually go up in my opinion. Luck's stock could go up. Mayfield's stock could go up. Can Mahomes' stock go up? I mean, I feel like he's smacking his head on the ceiling as we speak. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? And Andy Reid is a smart guy. He's he knows that you can't win in the NFL like this. You know, it's it's fun. The fans love it. But at some point you have to play defense. You know, you, you can't just go all in on the offense like this. We've seen, you know, Tom Brady go 18 and 1 and that was the last time they opened the playbook for him. We saw Peyton Manning, you know, with the record-setting season and then he goes and gets crushed in the Super Bowl. That's compelling to these NFL coaches. At some point, they're going to say, all right, we we have to run the ball. We have to play defense. We can't just throw the ball all over the place like this. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't win NFL games and championships. John, let's look at Tier 2. Uh, and Again, this is from our Superflex data that you uh, helped formulate through mock drafts. Uh, Andrew Luck going ninth overall, Baker Mayfield, the other first-round quarterback, 12 overall, Deshaun Watson, 13, Aaron Rodgers, who you mentioned, 15, and Russell Wilson, 21. The the guy I really want to focus on here is Baker Mayfield, and uh, it sounds like from some of your strategy talk throughout this episode that, that you really focus on that 
uh, on those proven commodities. Obviously, Baker Mayfield really saw his value jump once the Browns traded for Odell Beckham Jr., which is which is understandable. But is this too much to consider him the quarterback three after one? Definitely, year? definitely too high to put him above Deshaun Watson when they're you know they're they're yeah. both what twenty three, twenty four years old. Uh, is is kind of crazy to me. Aaron, again, Aaron Rodgers has been the QB one overall five times. Um, Russell Wilson has been a QB one overall. These guys have all shown it. You know, even Carson Wentz and Cam. I'd Newton. say Wentz belongs in tier two to me too. Yeah, I, I think this is the lowest his stock will ever be in his whole life. Yeah, I agree. I've I've got Carson Wentz as my quarterback five um, in that same tier with uh, with Watson, Luck, and Mahomes. So. Yeah, he's actually my five too. I have him ahead of Baker. So if you have Baker Mayfield on your Superflex league or on your Superflex team and you're a contender, you would suggest moving from Mayfield to Rodgers and, and getting something extra along with that. Or Mayfield to Wentz. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely yeah. do that. I mean, I think you can upgrade a second starter just by moving in and, and the other thing is i mean you have to when you're in super flex you have to trade quarterback for quarterback generally speaking um, so you have to get a quarterback in return but beyond that i'm not too worried about the tiers that they're in so i would even go as far as you know baker mayfield for you know like a lamar jackson Kirk cousin somebody in one of those lower tiers and get an even greater upgrade at a at a wide receiver or running back position Let's look at Tier 3. Each of these players were drafted in the 30s, so we're talking about uh, the the 3rd and 4th round. Jared Goff, 30 overall. Carson Wentz, you guys both mentioned 31. Cam Newton, 36. Matt Ryan, 38. And Kyler Murray, 39. Um, we, we've talked about Murray already. 39, honestly, based on the hype, it just, it just feels like a steal. Uh, if I mm-hmm. if I offer Matt Ryan for Kyler Murray or for the 101 <laughs> rookie pick, that sounds crazy. Like, yeah, right. Right, or even I mean, Cam just, right now. Yeah, or Cam, Goff. Um, exactly. So I think I don't think this ADP and and this is this is a common thing with ADP that people try to make it a trade tool or they try to make it a a draft cheat sheet or, or whatever. And it's really kind of little pieces of all of those. I think, but Murray is not really not really valued behind Matt Ryan as it would show on here. Do you agree? Quick question to you too, along those lines, even taking it up a tier. I bet a lot of people will give you Russell Wilson for Kyler Murray right now. Very possibly. Yeah. I think some people would yeah. for sure. Um, but really everybody else in this tier, Goff, Wentz, Cam, Matt Ryan, certainly uh, Murray's being valued ahead of those players right now for, for better or worse, mm-hmm. whether you agree or not, that's, I think that's kind of the reality. So if you're not a fan of Murray or not a, a supporter of him, then that would be, a, again, a chance to pivot. John, what what about Matt Ryan, though? Isn't He looks like he doesn't like, belong in that group. Yeah. <laughs> he, really, he really does. And I love him as a right? player. but I mean, we're, we're going to talk about some of these older – uh, some of these other older quarterbacks here in, in a moment. But we know Matt Ryan had the great year last year. I think he was quarterback two overall, uh, I believe. To me, this just feels like point chasing. The year before that, he he had kind of a disappointing year, and and his ADP and his value was was way down. Um, and he doesn't much run. Much lower than this, honestly. So Never runs. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that too. That too. Isn't, 
isn't this just a case of chasing 2018 points? Yeah, it sure seems like it. I mean, you know, there's there's certainly an argument to be made that the you know the wide receiving core got significantly better with Calvin Ridley, and now you get Calvin Ridley with the full years of experience. Now you get you know Dirk Cutter rejoins, and we know that he doesn't really care to run the football. Um, so you know, I I guess there's two an... first round offensive linemen. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for a pocket passer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I and then you know the the lead running back is uh, you know it's I don't love the term injury prone, but uh, we're getting pretty close to that point with Devonte Freeman at this point. So I, I guess there's an argument to be made, but I I agree with you guys. I think that Ryan belongs kind of in a tier. Uh, below these guys, uh, to me, it's you know him and Kirk Cousins kind of belong in their own tier in between three and four. Hmm. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. I don't think I agree on Cousins though. No, I, I'm just not. I don't think he's very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I look at Allen, how much he runs, or Winston, or really Dak. I mean, those guys to me, I'll take way over Cousins. We're going to talk about some of those guys now. Tier four. Uh, this is really starting uh, middle of the middle of the fourth round uh, and into the fifth round. Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. That's fifty-four overall for Josh Allen, and then Kirk Cousins. So, John, we already know your thoughts on Kirk Cousins. Sound like sounds like you think he's being undervalued here at this uh, the end of the fourth tier. I want to ask you about these two. Uh, two running quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. We all know the story here. They both uh, played partial seasons in 2018. They both put up major fantasy points when they were on the field. I I believe Lamar Jackson was quarterback eight uh, in the time he was starting. And we know once Josh Allen came back from that injury, he uh, he was the top three quarterback in the last five or six weeks of the season. When you're when you're building a team, are you expecting that rushing production? Are you counting on that rush, rushing production to continue? Um, and, and why are both of these guys available outside of the top fifty? Yeah, that's a that one's a little tough because I I see guys in tier five that I would take definitely over Allen and probably over uh, Lamar Jackson as well, but. Uh, be, and, and that's the whole thing, you know, to answer your first question, it, it's a little hard to, to count on that rushing production. It, it's pretty rare that, it, it, you know, at least in my opinion, and I, I, you know, I think Matt can probably speak to this better than I can, but I don't know that offensive coordinators are necessarily, you know, hoping for, for that. There's not, you, you don't necessarily want to design a run for your franchise quarterback you know, you don't want to do a lot of that. Certainly not 27 times, Lamar Jackson, but um, in one game. But um, I, you know, I think that more times than not, you're you're trying to get those guys a little bit more comfortable in the pocket. Maybe some bootleg, but I don't think you necessarily want them to take off and run all the time. And for that reason, it makes it kind of tough to to really count on that for us fantasy players. I 100% agree with you from an NFL perspective. But it's also kind of a cheat code until they develop into pocket passers. And that doesn't mean they will. You know, RG3, Kaepernick. I mean, you you can score a lot of fantasy points. You can keep the Ravens and Bills competitive. But if you don't make that step in year two or three 
to be able to drop back third and eight, hit an out route, you're not going to last in the league. Yeah, which is to me that's their big concern. You know, mm-hmm. is, is just the fact Accuracy. that they want they want to protect their investment. So, you know, you yeah, the less you can have them run, the better your the better your offensive coordinator is going to feel. Right, like I like Allen. I have him ranked probably too high, but. I trust Sam Darnold to turn into a 10-year starter more than I trust Allen or Lamar. All right, guys. Next tier, tier five, Mitch Trubisky, Drew Brees, Sam Darnold, Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, and Phillip Rivers. We, we talked about Matt Ryan as one of the older quarterbacks here. We see several of those guys with Brees, Ben, uh, Rivers, and then Stafford is, is kind of getting up there too. I guess – what I really want to to know from you, John, because this is something I struggle with when I'm doing my rankings for both uh, both one quarterback and super flex leagues. We've got these guys that are certainly known commodities, and and I think it's safe to say as pretty much as long as they're on the field, they're going to be producing. Tom Brady is is probably in that group as well, even though his his ADP is a little bit lower. And then you've got these young guys, Trubisky, Darnold are in this tier, but but Jackson and Allen and uh, Garoppolo could be thrown in that as well, that certainly have the upside uh, and and obviously, at least we think, have a longer career ahead of them or more years left than than these guys, these veterans. How do you kind of mesh that when you're doing rankings or when you're doing a startup draft, uh, a super flex draft, and Sometimes for me, it's I guess it's dependent on who my first quarterback is, and, and that kind of affects my second quarterback pick. Uh, what about you? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's for me. Um, it you know it it's based less on age and more on on you know ceiling versus floor. So you know if I'm if I'm going to end up with Russell Wilson, for instance, his and Cam Newton both, in fact, have been notoriously inconsistent with their fantasy production uh so you know if if i've got one of those guys as my quarterback one i'm probably looking at somebody more like uh uh, ben roethlisberger or philip rivers over a mitchell trubisky or sam darnold just to kind of balance out the ceiling floor combination um but you know if i if i have my way and i've got aaron Rodgers, i feel like i've got a pretty safe floor um so then i can kind of shoot for some upside with a with a guy like you know Trubisky or or Darnold uh to be honest you know full disclosure those whoever that is is more like my quarterback three or four at that point because I've been drafting him throughout the first couple rounds of my super flex startup but um it, yeah it it just kind of it just to just to balance out what I already have on roster is kind of what I'm looking for from those guys I wanted to bring up one tier five guy Matthew Stafford like he was the first overall pick in the draft. It seems like a long time ago. And he was a wild stallion and he got hurt too much and he made all these crazy throws and he had amazing arm talent. And it seems like since Patricia's been there, he's just been totally neutered. He's like the most <laughs> boring guy on this list all of a sudden. But he also doesn't seem old to me. I mean, you talked about how much you value just a a guy like Haskins that could be a, just a starter and a good player. To me, that's Stafford for at least another five, six, seven years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, what is he? He's like 31 years old. 32, right. He may something play, like that. Maybe played 40. Yeah. I, and I mean, it's, it's a recently we're seeing players 
kind of at their absolute best in the neighborhood at 35 right. years old. So he stayed you know, injury free lately. You know, I mean, that's not as much of a concern. Like, yeah, I'll take yeah. him as my quarterback too for the next 10 years. Yeah, and the, you know the weapons are getting better. Um, uh, having a credible running game is actually, to me, that's that's a good thing for a quarterback to have. Uh, you know, kind of takes away some of the some of the pressure. You have to respect the run all of a sudden, and and I think the combination of Carry On Johnson and C.J. Anderson gives them that. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm perfectly fine with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback two or three in a superflex. All right, John, we got a couple listener questions for you before we wrap up the show. Uh, first one, Springbox FFC says, how many quarterbacks do you need on your roster in a Superflex league? He says three or four. What What do you typically carry? A minimum of four. And a right. lot of my rosters have a lot more than that. So the idea is that, like I said earlier, you know, that the top 25 quarterbacks. So Joe Flacco was quarterback 25 in, in 2018. He outscored all but the top 10 wide receivers and all but the top 20 uh, running backs. So you know how important, how much these run, these quarterbacks can score. So you want one in super flex at all times. The way to do that, to make sure that you can even ensure that during a bye week, is to have at least three of them. And, you know, if if you happen to have two guys on bye at the same time or an injury, then, uh, then you need a fourth one just to ensure that much. So um, the, if you can get more than that, I, this is why I try and do it because it, then it allows the freedom to trade away you know, your quarterback five, your quarterback six, without getting a quarterback in return, which there's a ton of value in that. You can get such a better player, such a, a, a much better starter upgrade if you're able to make that move. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And and the good thing about Superflex Leagues is that most of the time you're talking about larger rosters than your typical one-quarterback dynasty league, uh, where one quarterback might be 22 to 25-man rosters, 20 to 25. In Superflex, you're often talking about up to 30, uh, 30-man rosters. And, and it's because of this. We we know we need to spend more roster sp- spots on those quarterbacks. Uh, next question, Rusty actually has a Can we a go back one real quick, Ryan? I apologize. Sure. I, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I'm in one Superflex league, and by no means would I ever be caught without three starters. I mean, guys that line up behind center on Sunday and take snaps. And then I want at least two more guys that's developmental. You know, Brissette or Bridgewater or even Bortles. I mean, guys that might still be a starter someday. And then I want another dude like a Will Greer or a Findlay or, a, you know, a project. Yeah. Yeah. I love to have a project guy. And, and you know, I talked earlier a little bit about handcuffing too. That's That can be pretty important, especially with, you know, some of the guys who don't have as, as firm a grasp on their job or um, that, that do have those injury concerns. So, I mean, you I would know. even think like Mason Rudolph's pretty valuable if he's clearly the two. Ben's hurt a lot. He's old. You know what I mean? Definitely. And Easton Stick, you, I mean, you can right. put him on, on taxi squad for essentially free. So, you know, there's kind of no reason not to at least see what happens there. I got one more question. I apologize because I'm keeping in my Superflex League, what's his face? The uh, the guy for the Saints that's not really a quarterback but takes quarterback snaps. <laughs> Taysom Hill. Is he worth keeping? Because I can at least start him if I have to one week. 
Yeah, I I think he is, but man, <laughs> right? I um, mean, yeah, he's never going to be a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably true. Right. Yeah. So I mean, you're kind of plugging him in on bye weeks and hoping that he does something. It basically Emergency. he would have to fall in the end zone, and I right. think at that point you probably have a better chance with the running backs on your on your roster. No, you're probably right. I mean, it'd have to have two like everybody hurt for him to actually be a starter on. A week from yeah me. yeah that makes sense I'm especially now with bridgewater there right yeah. right right that is that's a, a a great segue matt because that is our next question from rusty how do you decide on a low-end quarterback versus a flex uh wide receiver or running back so i'm assuming he's talking about a, a weekly start sit decision that second quarterback in a super flex league versus uh you know your your wide receiver three your running back three how do you make that decision? I, 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 I almost always just go with the quarterback. If that quarterback is Taysom Hill, I might go the other. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, as long as you've got, you know, if you've got two quarterbacks in inside the top twenty-five in twenty eighteen, you were you were starting them, you know, every single week, uh, unless somehow you ended up with, I mean, you know, considering two running back spots and you know call it two flex spots you would have to have five running backs inside the top 20 in order to pick that running back that fifth running back over you know over joe flacco the the quarterback 25 yeah that's a good point rusty also says is it worth owning backups like uh, nick mullins sudfeld kaiser etc in general what are your thoughts on rostering those backup quarterbacks it's a little bit of a generally it's a little bit of a waste of a of a roster spot to me um you know you can handcuff your starters but you know i i typically have enough starters on my roster and that's the goal you know to me the goal is to have enough actual starters to where you know if if one of your guys goes down you're not starting you know if if rogers goes down you're not starting deshaun kaiser you know, you'd really rather not. Even if you've got him as a handcuff, you don't want to be in that situation. Nick Mullins is a different thing. I, I love Nick Mullins. I think he's got a chance to start somewhere, uh, you know, by 2020 at the latest. So, um, you know, so kind of those guys Matt was talking about, you know, the guys who who you can kind of farm a little bit and see what happens with them. But as far as those career backup guys, I'd, I'd rather not. That makes perfect sense to me. And I, I almost think like it's just two categories, like you said. Like, I don't want Sudfeld. I don't really want Kaiser. But Mullins, I can write a story where he's a starting quarterback for a long time. Um, I want Brissett, and I would pay heavy for him to get him not right this minute. Maybe Bridgewater. You know what I mean? Like guys that might be starters. Well, it's just like any other position. You have to think uh, when you're trying to decide if this player's worth the roster spot – it's it's that story that John talked about. If the starter goes down, do I even want to? Do you check the box? Do I right? Yeah. Do I even want to uh, use this player? And sometimes there's backup running backs uh, and backup tight ends where if the starter were to be out for the year, I still really wouldn't want to rely on them on a weekly basis. And it's the same thing with quarterback. Right. I feel like that should be a theme almost of every show we do. Like, okay, you have this dude on your roster. Let's say everything in the world goes right for him and he gets in the game and the situation's great. 
Do you still check the box on Sunday morning for him in your fantasy lineup? No. Well, then get him <laughs> off your roster. He's clogging it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a ton of roster cloggers out there for sure. John, this is the last question. I want to end with this one. I think it's a good one from Robert. I think a lot of people are probably in this situation. If your league is consistently overvaluing the quarterback, and his example is uh, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke both went in the top eight of his rookie draft, what's the strategy to capitalize on that? He says he doesn't want to pay to chase the quarterbacks, but he also doesn't want to be locked out of the most valuable position. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I think that primarily the strategy is to, you know, first start by acknowledging that the quarterback position becomes awfully scarce. I mean, it's a it's a pretty basic numbers thing. A 12-team league, you don't really have the luxury of every team owning even three quarterbacks, much less four. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that, Based on that, once the startup's over, I mean, you're going to have to pay the price for a quarterback at that point. So, uh, you know, it starts with the startup. Go ahead, just load up on quarterback now because this is the cheapest they're ever going to be, and they're going to get a huge value bump afterwards. But if you already missed the boat on that or, you know, you got unlucky at quarterback for whatever reason, um, to me, running back also holds a ton of value, and I don't think that it necessarily should. Um, we're, uh, f- we're kind of in a, a, a weird area right now with running backs where it's kind of oversaturated. Uh, there are more, there are more talented running backs in the league right now than jobs available to them. And for that reason, I mean, you have a ton of usable running backs available to you. You don't necessarily have to have those stud guys. It's, it's a really hard thing to, to predict anyways, you know, which running backs are going to be the league winners for you. And, you know, so I think that, you know, you, you, you trade away the guys like Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott. And I think that you can get some good running back or some good quarterback depth back for those guys. Plus you can get a little bit of running back help. It's going to be a pretty big downgrade, but you know, I, I think that that's a reasonable move to make. And, uh, um, you know, I, I think that people are generally going to be willing to make that move, even if they do put a premium on the quarterback position, uh, which they, you know, rightfully so. I think that you can still those those running backs still hold enough value that I think you can cash in. I like the word you, you used. You, you said usable. You know, there's a lot of usable running backs. There's a lot of a bazillion usable wideouts there's not that many usable quarterbacks i mean i think dynasty especially this time of year we forget that you got to field a roster you got to check those boxes sunday morning and who's usable yeah exactly it, it, you know the other thing to keep in mind though is that right now we don't have to set lineups mm-hmm. so don't worry too much about how the roster looks mm-hmm. you know don't I agree. don't worry about setting that valid lineup just yet uh, you know, focus more on getting the most value, the most trade value on your roster that you possibly can. And uh, that's going to allow you to fill those needs um, as needed. But yeah, it, it all starts with the fact that those usable quarterbacks are very, very scarce. You know, there's there's less than 32 of them in the NFL. Yeah, all the time, every year. All right, John, great stuff today. We appreciate your time and and your thoughts on the Superflex position, both with rookies and uh, overall how you attack the quarterback position. Uh, Before we go, tell our listeners where they can find all of your work. 
So writing for DLF, uh, and it's been a blast. Um, also hosting the Superflex Super Show, which is part of the DLF family of podcasts. And uh, I think we're going on our one year anniversary, which, uh, and it's been it's been an absolutely magical ride, and we're still going strong. And then uh, um, also co-hosting the FF Statistics podcast. So um, plenty going on. And uh, also hit me up in the middle of the month, and we do Superflex adp mock drafts for dlf that's how we come up with the consensus adp for superflex so um, definitely be on the lookout for that and uh guys just really appreciate the opportunity this is this is a big one for me and uh, i know i've been awfully talkative today um, but this is uh this is kind of a dream come true for me so well we don't we don't like guests that aren't talkative (laughs) they don't usually come back (laughs) this is a blast man Exactly. Thanks Thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprints.